Welcome to the LSB Marketing Podcast, where we kick back over beverages and examine what's trending in the advertising and marketing world. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and let's chat. Hello, and thanks for joining. My name is Todd LeBeau, and I'm your host for the LSB Marketing Podcast. Today, for our first episode, I'm lucky to have with me Lindsay Ferris, who leads marketing and strategy for LSB. She has worked with and helped grow some of the largest brands out there, like General Mills, Nature Valley, and Burger King. And lately, we've been discussing and debating something that we call the anatomy of a modern campaign, where we have been diving deep into what kinds of marketing and advertising is working in today's increasingly digital and and social landscape. And because we love to share, we thought this would make for a great discussion as a Toddcast. So without further ado, let's get started. The way we like to kind of really kick it off is, what are we drinking? Oh. So, So why don't you describe it, Lindsay? Sure, I'd love to. So we're drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it's called Prophecy, and the bottle is delightful. It's kind of gothic and fairy-like all yeah, at the is. same time. And it's pretty hot out, so it's kind of nice to have a crisp Sauvignon Blanc. And nicely chilled, too. Well, good. Um, today, I, I guess we're going to talk about the anatomy of a modern campaign. What is a modern what campaign, the hell that means. Um So a modern campaign, not to be confused with an an unmodern campaign. I'm going to ask you, what do you mean by a modern campaign? That's a, it's a big question. And to answer that question, I think we want to kind of maybe step back a little bit and think about what's going on in the world of marketing and media. Something really interesting is happening, and that is this notion of ad formats is dying. If not entirely dead, it certainly is dying. And what I mean by that... Yeah, what do you mean by ad format? (laughs) When we think about traditional ad formats, it might be something like a 30-second TV commercial Mm -hmm. or a print ad or a banner ad or a mobile banner ad. And traditionally, clients came to us and said, well, I need a TV spot, and we would make them a TV spot, and it would be 30 seconds long, and it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and usually it ended with a call to action. And... That was the way things were for about 50 or 60 years. But those kinds of traditional ad formats now are really going away. And they're going away as a function of we have more channels, an explosion of channels, multiple digital channels, apps, branded content, social media channels. Mm -hmm. You know, we have just so many different ways to consume media and content. Mm that the notion that it lives in a format is just really, it's not relevant anymore. And so what's happening that I think is really interesting right now is that the media networks, whether it's a network like NBC or whether it's a new kind of network like a Netflix or a Vice, are proactively doing away with ad formats. And I think hopefully they kind of learned something from the music industry when streaming came along and it and streaming kind of ruined the music industry's whole business model. Sure. Yeah. So now networks of all sorts, digital networks, broadcast networks, are proactively kind of saying, well, how do we evolve to meet consumers where they are in a world of infinite content choices? So One example of this that we talked about is NBC proactively on Leap Day, February 29th, they cut their advertising inventory by 30 minutes. 
across all of their day parts. Mm-hmm. Did they just get rid of it? No, no. So what they did was that was really interesting is they reached out to brands and they said, you know what, instead of running ads, why don't you co-create with us to make branded content that will appear within the environments of our shows. Mm-hmm. Probably the most well-known example is Late Night with Seth Meyers. It's still a relatively new show. And American Express co-created with the writers from Seth Meyers to create content within the show. Formats are going away, but brands still need to market themselves. We have to find new ways of doing that. And so the modern campaign is predicated on the idea that you don't have the luxury or the simplicity of a 30-second format mm-hmm. or you know, on radio or TV or a full-page print ad in which to kind of pour your message. Right. So it's really liberating. It should be really liberating, yeah. but feels, it's kind of terrifying. I was going to say, it feels really terrifying and risky. It does right? feel risky. I mean, you're it, asking brands to, you know, let's put your poker chips on something that's a little bit, well, not only is it different, but it's a little bit less of a known. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I know what the result of running the television 30-second spot, you know, in a certain market, at a, you know, against a certain demographic in a time. And you're going to buy this many be, rating right? points, right? right? Yeah. But if yeah. you are going to do a digital video right. or a I digital video series, yeah. I don't know. What happens if Seth Meyers isn't as popular next week? You know, it's a very risky thing. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah. like a risky thing. Yeah. But the notion of a modern campaign is really just kind of separating the idea of a campaign, a brand building campaign, from the idea of an ad format. So that's really all it is. And really a modern campaign, a successful modern campaign, is predicated on this notion of paid, owned, and earned media. Mm -hmm. So traditional campaigns are, you know, almost 100% reliant on paid media. But a modern campaign leverages earned media Mm -hmm. and even owned media to a great degree much more aggressively than traditional campaigns do. So just for fun, um, you know, a lot of people have different uh, definitions of paid, earned, and owned. When you talk about paid, earned, and owned, what, what are some of the vehicles you're talking about? So owned is probably the simplest. Those are the assets that you own and create. So your website any of your platforms that you may have that you publish on, those are your owned assets. Earned is a little bit trickier because earned can be some combination in some cases of what we think of as PR, but also what we think of as social. Social more and more is less of an earned environment and more of a paid environment. But it can still, you know, it can still be a vehicle to generate a lot of earned media One example that I can think of, it was Father's Day this weekend, and the Cheerio Stack Challenge. Mm -hmm. That was just something that was dreamed up by a daddy blogger, and it took off. Mm -hmm. And then it, it, you know, it had kind of reached critical mass before it caught the attention of the Cheerios team. Mm -hmm. But once the Cheerios team became aware of it, they put money behind it to boost, you know, to, to boost posts and give it additional paid visibility. But that was truly an earned media effort versus paid, which is just, you know, pure traditional paid advertising. Mm-hmm. When you think about paid earned own, mm-hmm. there's a lot more overlap now sure. than there used to be. Yeah. But that's, a, that's part of the opportunity mm-hmm. is that we can leverage those things in mm-hmm. a really symbiotic way. Right. So because it can be such a, a risky kind of proposition, you know, if you, if you go into a brand and you say, hey, I've got this really good idea for a campaign. And you know what? 
TV isn't first, or you know, we're not going to. There's leave no print. print. And guess what? There's we're no outdoor. Leave, yeah, outdoor. But you know, the, the modern campaign, there there may be all those elements. You know, it just doesn't uh, lead with those elements. Is is I think one of one of the topics of, of the modern campaign. How do you go in and help help somebody who may be a little bit risk averse? How, how do you get them to kind of come to terms with the fact that it's okay to take a leap of faith and, and try a modern campaign? Well, I think there are two things. The first is, and you alluded to this a second ago, that um, I think what drives a modern campaign is really an idea. So that's a term that's thrown around a lot. You know, oh, it's an idea. What does that mean exactly? When we say idea, um, it's really about um, an idea not as a tagline or idea not as a TV spot. It's an idea... So we were just looking at the Cannes yeah. awards, mm-hmm. you know, of the Festival of Creativity. So, yes. however, we are not in France. Yeah, <laughs> so, shoot, I know, I know. Yeah. right? That's a problem. Yeah. But we were just looking at what won mm-hmm. awards yesterday, and one of the things that we were looking at was, and I'm going to say this wrong, Van Gogh B and B. Yes. Yep. So it was a collaboration between the Chicago Art Institute, mm-hmm. which has a Van Gogh exhibit through the mm-hmm. summer. And they reached out to Airbnb, or actually their agency, rather, Mm -hmm. reached out to Airbnb. And they created this really cool experience where they recreated a really famous Van Gogh painting Mm -hmm. of his bedroom. And they are offering the public the opportunity to stay in the Van Gogh bedroom. Mm -hmm. So the idea was, you know, sleep in a Van Gogh. That -hmm. was the idea. So it wasn't, again, it's it's not an idea that's born of a format. It's, It's just sort of a conceptual space. And that notion of stay in a Van Gogh kind of led them to like, oh, well, if you want to stay in a Van Gogh, we can really literally create a Van Gogh and we can reach out to Airbnb and mm-hmm. merchandise it through that pro- platform. And what did we see? 200 million earned media impressions. Yeah, something ridiculous worldwide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and lines yeah. three blocks yeah. down the street yeah. to get the into the exhibit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... To get back to your question, how do you convince brands, or, or how do you do this modern campaign Yeah, because they, they could have easily just, you know, put a bunch of outdoor boards out in the suburbs and said, hey, we have these Van Goghs, come visit the, the Art Institute. And that's fine, but there's no emotional connection, right? Mm-hmm. And even if I'm not inclined to stay in the Van Gogh B&B, um, if I'm not inclined to sleep in a Van Gogh, the thought that I could, if I'm a lover of Van Gogh, in general, like that's just very, that's that's really kind of makes that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So the way you do it kind of has to start with an idea. And it also gets to this thing that you and I were talking about earlier, which is instead of storytelling, story doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, historically brands have been storytellers, and that's a very kind of fashionable word mm-hmm. right now, sure. storytelling. Yeah. But right in that... Um, title story telling you're telling you know you're like talking at people you're interrupting them and you're shouting at them but story doing invites your consumer into the process mm-hmm. it invites your you know museum visitors into the process if you're in healthcare it invites your patients into the process and that's just a lot more compelling and i think if you can sort of tee that up to brand owners, mm-hmm. then 
you can see how that starts to build empathy for a brand and that starts to build a real emotional connection. Right. So it's, it is a leap, but it, you know, when you get 200 million earned media impressions Mm -hmm. all around the world, I think you can see that it can be quite, um, awesome. And I use the word awesome, not to mean awesome dude. I, I mean like awe inspiring. Correct. Yeah. The interesting thing about the can thing was, you know, that was, Less than $100,000 or so they said. It was $30,000 if I remember correctly. So that, I mean, to to think about the scale that they were able to achieve through, you know, through that story um, and connecting with people and and, And the story doing aspect aspect and the experience that you're able to, you know, think of the other story doing that that people are who are staying in the room and they're sharing with their social media. And, you know, that whole thing just gets amplified and it's ridiculous. And it doesn't have to cost a, a whole lot. Of money. No, not at all. I, I do want to talk a little bit about. Okay, so so say we're able to bring somebody who's brand side into the idea of a modern campaign, and it seems like that's something that they would be interested in, in doing. Is there a whole process that's different than what they may be familiar with? You think, and and how that concepting happens, and how's that idea different than like a normal television idea? Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it is really different. So typically what would happen is we'd come up with a, a kind of a, an executional idea that we'd maybe run in one of these kind of formatted environments. Mm-hmm. And so maybe our executional idea, I'll just use Flow sure. from Progressive, yeah. right? So Flow is a lady who helps people in the insurance store. Yes. She wears an apron yes. and she has kind of a goofy hairdo. Yeah. So there's an executional idea there, right? And then we would make a print ad featuring flow. We'd make mm-hmm. banner ads that yeah. depicted flow and that's how you knew it was progressive because mm-hmm. you saw flow everywhere. Right. But it really relied on an executional element. I think what's different about a modern campaign, because it is that intersection of paid, owned, and earned media, you have to almost, we were talking about this also earlier, you have to sort of storyboard out how you want this campaign, the phases of this campaign coming to life. So you have to say, okay, the first thing that we're gonna do is create some sort of social object. In the case of the Van Gogh example, the social object that they created was the room that mm-hmm. you could actually stand. And a social object is kind of a goofy word, but it's just a word for the thing that you're going to put out there in the world that people are going to respond to. Mm -hmm. So they created the room. And then the next thing that they did was they told the media that they were doing this really cool thing that a select few number of people could make a reservation through Airbnb to stay in the room. Mm -hmm. So step one is create the social object. Step two is merchandise it to the media. So certainly to the trade media, Ad Week, Ad Age, DigiDay, Ad Freak, and all of those marketing-specific channels, but then the mainstream media as well, you know, your local news stations and all of the digital media channels, and get whatever traction you can there. And then you do two things. The first thing is that you put your own paid visibility behind your effort, whatever it is you're doing. So you promote the fact that you can stay in a Van Gogh through Mm -hmm. Airbnb, but you also put paid promotion behind the media um, uh, uptake that you had gotten. So talk a little bit about that. You get picked up, you pitch, and you get 
get CNN to talk about it in one of their little snippets. You get the Today Show. Are you saying that you promote that media? Exactly. Yeah. So you take the, you know, 35 seconds from the Today Show mm -hmm. of the pickup that you got, and you put paid visibility behind that in your owned and social channels. Mm -hmm. And then you target it, right, to target art lovers in the case of the Van Gogh B&B. Yeah. So then you target it to art lovers, right? So art lovers who are inherently interested will see, oh, look, this thing on the Today Show, and then it auto-plays within your social feeds, mm -hmm. and it's something that you're inherently interested in, so you watch it, and you're like, oh my goodness, look at this very cool opportunity to stay mm -hmm. in a Van Gogh-inspired room. And it's so cool that the Today Show or CNN mm -hmm. said it was cool. Right. So you literally take the coverage and you put some paid visibility behind that, as well as the kind of more traditional paid visibility behind the thing that you're doing. So you've got kind of two earned on paid pieces working for you at the same time. Right. So it sounds to me, you know, just kind of listen to you describe that was... That there's there's a large role that PR has to play in this. Absolutely, in, in, in the modern it's campaign. critical. And, and so there may be some some beliefs that PR doesn't really play as large of a role in these modern campaigns. But from what I'm hearing you say, is it, it plays an even more important role because you have to not only identify and place those media connections and, and wins, but you also have to know exactly when to time the paid support behind those. Exactly. And it takes a, a pretty close collaboration of your media team and your PR team to be able to do that. Yeah, you have to do those in really, um, it, it's, you really have to be in sync with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because PR is historically in a formatted world, PR didn't have a role, mm -hmm. right? So PR was just kind of the separate thing that happened over here. But in a modern campaign, PR is a very critical, it's about step two or three in the process. So you've got to have that all teed up and ready to go. So I think that's the other piece of this, and I feel like we've alluded to it, but it's really about the orchestration. So what's going to be the first step, social mm -hmm. object? What's going to be the second step, you know, the merchandising that to the media? Mm -hmm. And then step three is taking that media coverage and putting paid visibility behind that as well as paid visibility behind your own efforts. You know, and then step four sometimes can be a little bit more open-ended mm -hmm. because it sort of depends on the nature of what kind of earned impressions you're getting to figure out where you go next. You know, it may be like back to your own owned channels. It may be, and this is like a great best case scenario, it may be that that's when you actually start to do some more traditional media to you know further amplify what you've created right so from an agency I'm gonna take take off your brand marketing hat and put on your agency hat again. yeah um, from an agency orchestration standpoint um, and working with brand managers to kind of help facilitate um, you know the successful modern campaign is there a lot of steps that that agencies need to think about when when re kind of setting up their process well all that stuff that I was talking about you have to you have to pre-plan that you have mm -hmm. to sort of storyboard that you know you have to have an idea about what the timing is going to be for merchandising to the media what the timing is going to be for paid promotion what your budget is going to be for paid promotion there's a lot that you have to think through mm -hmm. so from an agency standpoint and, and it can be opp opportunistic so we all remember several years ago when the lights went out 
Oh, Oreo. Yes, yeah, Oreo, yeah, right? Yeah, that's all you have to say is lights went out. Right, the lights went out. <laughs> that's so funny it's that you funny. read my mind. Right, when the lights right. went out and Oreo yeah. said you yeah. can dunk in the dark. Right. What people don't realize is that wasn't just some dude who was sitting in his basement watching the game going, oh, hey, yeah. I should post about yeah. that. Yeah. I love Oreos. Yeah. Right? Oreo had their social media team mm-hmm. like primed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. They had some content pre-created mm-hmm. and they didn't have you can dunk in the dark because right. who would have predicted that? Right. But they had their team on the ground ready to right. go because right. because of the pre-orchestration that you need to do. Right. I've heard um, you know, and because of that, the last Super Bowl there was a whole you know, there's a whole kerfuffle in the agency world about having that system in place and ready to go for the Super Bowl for just in case. Right. And there, I mean, you have your lawyers, you have, you know, your agency production people, you've got your creatives, you've got the brand people, you've got everybody in one big war room, right? Right. Waiting for the moment to make something spontaneous. Yes. Which seems a little counterintuitive, but yeah, it, it's funny how that, that one instance of success which people think, you know, would just happen, actually was pre-planned. I'm, I'm going to bring this up because you, you brought it up, but you mentioned the B word, budget. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. To, to do a modern campaign, you know, we mentioned that Van Gogh was, did you say, mid-30s, and, yeah. you know, according to the case study. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a large budget mm-hmm. to, to pull off something that had a lot of impressions, a lot of people seeing this, and it made a lot of news worldwide. So budget, when, when it comes to these things, is that something that we can go to the brand marketers and, and help them understand? To have these ideas doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a big dollar uh, budget to, to make these things happen, but it's more around the idea. Absolutely. And that's where I would say, fellow agencies, we need to have each other's back because the more case studies say this was done for $35,000, right. you know, the easier right. that makes our jobs. Because honestly, I think clients look at this and... It goes back to what we were talking about before. It seems sort of very vague and terrifying to them, and I don't know what I'm going to get out of it. But it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. But here's here's just the truth. If you have a line item on your budget that says experiential or experimental or modern campaign, that is just inviting a client to cut it because mm-hmm. it doesn't. That's, yeah, from experience, that's always right. the first line that gets right? cut. Because <laughs> yeah. like, why do I need that? I right. have all this other yes. paid advertising. Um, it really has to, it's really all in how you kind of create the idea and sell it. And again, it has to be based on that brand idea. Mm-hmm. But you got it, just like we said a minute ago, spontaneity is actually, spontaneity actually takes mm-hmm. a lot of work. Um, creating and selling these ideas actually takes a lot of work Mm -hmm. and you have to do your due diligence ahead of time because I think clients have two questions how much is it going to cost me and can you pull it off Mm -hmm. you know you're like oh you're going to build this I'm thinking about something that Glade did Glade okay right yeah but they created something awesome, the Museum of Feelings. Oh, sure. Remember that? Yes, yeah. And that was an experiential thing that they did. And they you know, they physically did it in New York, but then they took it online. Mm-hmm. But if you're a client yeah. and they say, you say, oh, we're going to create the Museum yeah. of Feelings, it's like, yeah. what is that? I've got this great idea. <laughs> yeah. You have to do a lot of due diligence to demonstrate to your client that you can actually pull it off mm-hmm. and that it's not going to be a runaway train from a budget standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, when you think back to the, the Van Gogh example we keep talking about, you know, they still had a desire to sell tickets to this exhibit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, you know, you're sure that they brought to the agency 
we want to increase sales of these tickets to see this exhibit, but we don't have a lot of money. Right. And so, you know, that, and, and, you know, we hear that all the time, right? There's never enough money, but there's always really high goals and expectations. Um, it sounds to me like with the right idea, you could really accomplish that. Um, and, and it's important that you bring the right ideas and help sell those to, to the brands. And you, right, you have to do the work, you yep. have to do your due diligence, you have to demonstrate to them how A leads to B, leads mm-hmm. to C, leads to D. You have to tell them how much it's going to cost, and you have to help them understand that you can pull it off. Right, and in the context of how the modern world works yeah. and, and consumes media. For brand builders out there, for our current clients, for future clients, and for just other interesting brands that are listening in because they think there's something valuable that they could learn, you know, we are a full-service modern advertising agency, Perfect. modern campaign modern. agency, yeah. and we have robust digital capabilities, but also importantly, as we were talking about PR capabilities, mm-hmm. baked right into our group. And so this is what we're really well set up to do mm-hmm. and are starting to do more and more of and excited about it. Yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, to, to that point, I think that's something that we think a lot about. Mm-hmm. We, look at, we look at what's um, successful out there um, in, in the marketplace and, and, you know, we're trying to find what are the most successful campaigns that are, that are going on out there, not just, you know, what's driving numbers, who's making the best television commercial, mm-hmm. who's, who's do, you know, who's winning those awards and things like that. What we're trying to do is really figure out um, the methodology behind it and figuring out, okay, so what made that successful? Why did that resonate so well? How can we deconstruct it? How did it it go with the giant air quotes viral? How did, you know, how are brands able to do Todd, you know I don't like that word. I know, you winced a little bit, but you got wine, so it's good. (laughs) That's right, that helps. Right. But we're we're always looking at those campaigns and we're trying to dissect them um, and really find what what the patterns are. And um, I think when it comes to a modern campaign, I think we're really on to something. I know we've had some internal success, and I know we'd love to share those examples with people if they're interested. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that ends the branded content portion. Cheers, my <laughs> friend. Cheers. Here's to the first podcast. Thank you so much.